Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We are here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas for the next two hours. Wes, it's officially upon us with the first four in tonight in Dayton. The NCAA tournament truly begins in earnest on Thursday, but we do get games tonight and tomorrow. So we're going to break down all of those. And, of course, we're going to have our guy Will Hill join us later on this hour uh, to break down his tournament thoughts as well. I did not know if you saw this, but on my drive-in, I was informed of a big move in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and that is that Amazon is going to pay Al Michaels. You ready for this, Wes? They're going to pay him to do 16 games on Thursday night football, $2 million a game. Nice work if you can get it. Al Michaels is going to make more money next year calling 16 games than Tom Brady will will play in 16 mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. for the Patriots, more than likely. That's $32 million. Al Michaels is going to make more money than most of the players that you're going to see in the field. Well, this comes off the heels of uh, what was uh, released yesterday that uh, Troy Aikman, who is making the jump to ESPN with his partner, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, $95 million for five years to uh, call Monday Night Football and kind of uh, rebuild that uh, long-running sport television franchise. So he's let past uh, Tony Romo. So now you got Cowboy quarterback envy here. Joe Buck, 65 for five years. All I'm saying is is that you and I do, I think we do yeoman's work on the green zone each and every NFL Mm -hmm. Sunday. We do, what, about seven hours uh, straight? of of, we, We cover every game. Are you getting $32 million this year? I'm getting slightly less than that. So am I. Just checking. I just say, look, those news and notes around the league, it goes to show there is money. The money is out there in the NFL. It's not mm-hmm. going away. It's still mm-hmm. the king. I feel like even with March Madness upon us, all the news of Tom Brady, we're going to get into that a little bit, that maybe some hijinks took place there before the announcement. Maybe some people knew about it, placed some futures bets out here in yeah, the Yeah, in the second hour, we'll get into that Ooh. story because that was very interesting. I just happened to look at it this morning on the Twitter machine. I was like, wow, this kind of came out of nowhere. So looking Uh forward to getting into that. But speaking of money, March Madness generates lots of money for the NCAA. Nevertheless, the NCAA 
you know, kind of confusing. A lot of teams are waiting for their itineraries because the NCAA, of course, uh, pays for the travel right. for these teams for the NCAA tournament. Uh, and uh, this I just saw that came across this morning from Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, which obviously is where TCU is mm-hmm. located. TCU was still waiting on their itinerary for their San Diego trip. Wow. And it's like they play Friday because Matt Norlander of CBS Sports reported that Colorado State, which is playing the first game on Thursday, that first window, they are playing Michigan at Indianapolis. And they weren't told as of yesterday afternoon how they're getting there. They didn't have their itinerary. So that's absolutely ridiculous. I was listening to a little bit uh, ESPN radio yesterday, and I heard Coach K was doing an interview with Steve Stricker. They're talking about the Ryder Cup. And I'm like, wait, 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 K, you've got a game in a couple days. And I'm like, is John Shire doing everything? I mean, it is weird that we're here. I mean, this is it. We're we're tipping this thing off for real tonight. We'll get into some of those games tonight and how we're going to handicap those. But my goodness, there's a lot of things still unsettled with certain teams out there. And I just wonder... When you look at the brackets, and again, we worked together on Sunday, then the, the brackets came out officially after we got off the air on betting across America. Do you, how do you factor some of the stuff in with travel, where you have to go, not necessarily maybe the seeds, but just the itinerary to your point well, of getting to where you got to be? I think it gets priced in a number, and we'll see once we get to Thursday and Friday, especially with the games beginning in the first four in Dayton tonight and tomorrow night. Mm. The teams that play tonight will have to play Thursday, and the Wednesday teams will play Friday. But... Both the Dayton region teams or all the Dayton region teams, whoever comes out of those first four games, they got to travel west and they got to go to Portland and they got to go to San Diego. You know, they're not going to Pittsburgh or Buffalo right. or Greenville, which is, you know, a couple hour flight. They're having to go across the country. So I, I kind of, you know, that's something I noticed when I was watching on Sunday, when I was watching the draw that, wait a minute. OK, you got to play in Dayton Tuesday night and then, then you got to go all the way. So you got to get immediately on a plane. It's not like okay you can go back to the school and refuel and you know get things you didn't get for the first trip change uniforms or whatnot and then go out to Portland you got to go immediately out there so that's the situation that Wyoming and Indiana find themselves in tonight Wes I wonder when you look at the overall bracket and you handicap it do you try when you look at the futures just who's going to cut down the nets mm-hmm. do you do do you do it like you do with golf where maybe you're going to play a couple teams yeah or you know like some people say hey if you you fill out more more than one bracket, you're doing it wrong. You know, you yeah. only have one winner. But when you look at some of the prices, and what really does surpri- surprise me now is Gonzaga's three to one. Now, before we saw the draw at most places, they were three, they were three fifty, and a week ago you could have got them at four to one. And then all of a sudden, it's getting bet. The Zags clearly are getting bet to cut down the nets for the very first time. So I look at it and I go, look at Duke, look at how they've they've gone the other way, Wes. And I think it's because they're in the bracket of Gonzaga. And so I, I think you and I kind of would try to do this exercise a couple weeks ago. I thought at twelve to one, mm-hmm. Duke was a viable play, right? And then you see here they're the, the second most uh, at eleven percent to cut down the nets. I don't think the committee did them any favors at all because I thought you could have put them in with Kansas and or well, Baylor. I thought that they were going to be with Kansas in that Chicago region, but that essentially says that the selection committee believes Duke is the weakest of the two How seeds about because that? so they would be like the if you go on the S curve they would 
be like the overall the eight. eight seed. Right. And Gonzaga, the clear number one seed, uh, really overall in the NCAA tournament. So they did put Duke out there. Gonzaga, actually, you know, they've got some pitfalls. Usually you try to do it where, okay, the top overall seed, the number one team in the country gets the easiest draw. The team that really got the easiest draw, in my opinion, is in the Midwest region, and that's Kansas. Yes. Now, now, that being said, we all say that, and then that's going to be like the crazy, wacky draw. That seems to be how it always works out. But I'm with you. And, and you know, you look at Kansas at what, about uh, plus 950 is what we're seeing here to, to cut down the nets. You know, Wes, I thought the exact same thing. I thought, well, they're going to make this like an easy road for the Zags mm-hmm. and maybe put Duke in with Kansas, Duke in with Baylor, somewhere along those lines to give Duke, quote unquote, the easier path to possibly come out as a two seed. No. That didn't happen to me when I evaluate the draw. And I look at I look at Kansas now as, as a real option. I would not have thought Kansas before we saw the selection show and how it played out right. and where the seeds came out. That was not a team that I had on my radar now because of what you just said. And, yeah, watch them get lose in the round of 32. But to me, I look at Kansas now and go, that's, that's – a pretty good price point when I look at some of the favorites. Yeah, it's not bad at this standpoint. And keep in mind, obviously, these have been up for basically a full year since the last Final Four. Right. So they're going to go up and down, and prices are going to shorten. Prices are going to drift upwards. So you look just at the draw in a macro sense. Probably the beast draw is the beast of the East here because you have Baylor, who I still think is a quality team. Yes. Look, I still think they could get to the Final Four, but – they're the number one seed that looks probably the most vulnerable because they've dealt with injuries. They lost in the quarterfinals to Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. No team has ever won a national championship mm-hmm. that is that has done that since uh, 1985. But you Villanova. look at this, yeah, exactly. You look at this draw, Baylor. You've got Kentucky, the strongest number two seed down there. You've got Purdue, who maybe can be capable. I know that they've disappointed. Their defensive ratings aren't as good as where they need to be, but they can score and they have experience. You have UCLA, oh, by the way, who was in the Final Four last year and brought all five starters back. Uh, You still have some blue bloods that got some athletes like a North Carolina. You have Texas. You have uh, really some dangerous teams. Virginia Tech is obviously very hot as the 11 seed. They'll play Texas. So that East region to me is the toughest region. You know, I love looking at some of these options for Sweet 16 and Elite 8 that you see up on your screen. I I do wonder, do you like to play those more so than just try to pick the one uh, you know I, I never really I never really have because this is kind of new yeah. where they're putting these prices out there and they're more widely available maybe one or two books put out sweet 16 or elite eight odds years ago but now they're putting it out there but I think that that's another option if you don't want to have outrights because like this year and I bet them throughout the year it's not like I loaded up right before the NCAA tournament but I have like four teams mm-hmm. to win it all and you know and two of them actually unfortunately are in the same draw and that being Purdue and Kentucky that would <laughs> be the 3-2 matchup in the Sweet 16 in Philadelphia should we get there. So it's like, okay, one of those is going to get bounced. So, you know, that that's the thing. You're always at the mercy of, of the draw and, you know, how the, how the matchups are going to be. You never know where they stack them all in one region. So that's kind of the danger of the futures market. I mean, there are still opportunities out there, but obviously the numbers are not going to be what they were in November, December, no. and January. Yeah, and again, it really is hard to forecast if you're looking for a 
Elite Eight, say like you want a Cinderella, right? I'm never going to call your alma mater a Cinderella. But to make to the Elite Eight, Indiana, you can get them at 14 to 1 at BetMGM. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. th- those sometimes are better price points than just picking a team to win the national championship as an extreme long shot. So I wonder if more people might get into that market. Look, Kentucky, you can get uh, plus a dollar, right? Even money, essentially, right. to get to the Elite Eight. That might be. There's no such thing as a safe option, but that might be the better of the options well, and, if you think they can win three And games. when you're doing this future stuff, because there's going to be an argument that you're going to hear ad nauseum, and, and neither side I don't think is wrong because folks will say, well, just do a rollover money line parlay. And, yeah, if you do that, the math is probably going to be better. But yep. I've had this discussion with Gail Alexander right here on Visa, and hardly anybody really bets that way. That's something that's, like, really good in theory mm-hmm. that's very hard to execute. So, that you know, they're right when they say, you know, hey, futures don't always have the much value, the most value in terms of like the pure math standpoint, you're going to get more bang for your buck doing like rollover money line parlays with teams. But, you know, people, people bet it a different way. And I think having these options for like Sweet 16, Elite Eight, you know, gives you at least a little bit of an out if you don't, you know, want to be dead to like an outright where it's like, okay, they got to win the whole bundle. Totally agree. And again, it is, to me, we talked a lot about the WCC this year with Gonzaga being the number one overall seed. Getting two at-larges, St. Mary's and San Francisco, rather impressive for that league. Again, San Francisco on the Dons, 20-1 to to make an elite eight run is what we're seeing at BetMGM. Come on back, talk about the games tonight and break those down, including Wes's alma mater. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. 
Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We are here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And the tournament does, in fact, tip off tonight. And the NIT, by the way. We'll just throw that in there. But we do have two NCAA games, and one of them involves your Indiana Hoosiers. So I want to get your thoughts as they take on Wyoming tonight. These are a battle of 12 seeds now, so the winner will move on to take on the five seed. You you and I talked a little bit briefly before we came on the air, and you mentioned to me that Wyoming is kind of like – a Big Ten school Mm -hmm. with a lot of the things when you watch them and observe them with some of the stuff that they run. Indiana opened up a four-point favorite. It's gone up a little bit now to four-and-a-half. The total here, 132, and that's gone up to 132-and-a-half. So you're seeing small money come in on Indiana in the over. What do you make of the matchup tonight? And when you say stylistically that Wyoming resembles Indiana, is that a good or a bad thing for the Hoosiers? I think it's a good thing. I did lay 170 on the money line yesterday with Indiana here against Wyoming. And look, Wyoming is very capable. But when you look at these two teams, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say they're mirror images, but there's some similarities with this team. But where I give Indiana the edge is because of their defense. They are actually number one in the conference in defensive efficiency rating, which is really impressive because they They went away with Mike Woodson and the new regime coming into Bloomington. They went away from the Archie Miller pack line that, like, everybody seems to run, you know, copycat sport because everybody was running what Tony Bennett ran down in Virginia with that pack line. But Indiana, a little more pure man-to-man, not only the defense, but – the guard play, they've actually gotten decent guard play of late, especially out of Xavier Johnson, I believe, over his last seven games, 14 of 28 from the three-point line. So that's kind of been one of the bugaboos for the Hoosiers all year. It's like if they had another shooter, you could maybe say that this could be a second week weekend team because of how good they play defensively, and they have guys that can score down low, namely Trace Jackson Davis. Indiana is a team I mentioned to you before the show how Wyoming is number one in post rate in the country. Well, Indiana is number nine because they give the ball to Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, mm-hmm. also kind of an undersized four man can post up down there. Trace Jackson Davis was, was great in the Big Ten tournament. He kind of hit a little bit of a lull in mid-January to about uh, middle of February, but Trace Jackson Davis really got it going, and one of the things you got to like if you're a Hoosier fan is that he did something that he doesn't always do, and that was score against length. You saw what he did against Michigan, against Hunter Dickinson mm-hmm. and Musa Diabate, then did the same thing against Kofi Coburn, who's always been a tough matchup for Trace uh, in the win over Illinois, also produced against uh, Iowa on Saturday, had 31 points on 15 to 21 shooting, 10 rebounds, so Trace, I think, is kind of getting to the trace that Indiana people think that he should be. So he's going to get a matchup tonight. He's going to get Graham E.K., who's a long-arm guy, but about 6'8", for Wyoming, uh, that that also posts up a lot. Like I said, Wyoming, number one post-up team in the country. Now, they're going to get a really good Indiana defense, uh, especially Rob Finnessy on the ball. He's their guard that comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Trey Galloway, who's a versatile guy, gets back in the lineup. They're really good at helping. 
on, you know, helping defense. Uh, and you see that down low, especially Race Thompson, who kind of walls off the rim. And what Indiana does defensively, they actually force you into a lot of bad shots because they don't give up anything in transition because they get back. They force you into a lot of bad shots, a lot of ISO, one-on-one type of stuff. So I think shot quality, and we had Simon Gersberg mm-hmm. on in one of our weekend shows a few weeks ago, The shot quality rates shot selection, and Indiana has the eighth worst shot selection allowed per shot quality. So that means they are forcing you deep in the clock to take some off-balance looks, some bad shots. And uh, Wyoming, we'll see if uh, they fall prey into that. Jeff Linder, very good coach for Wyoming, came from northern Colorado. And one of the things that they have that Indiana doesn't see, or really a lot of teams don't see, is they have a very big point guard in Hunter Maldonado. Anywhere from 6'6 to 6'7. This is a guy that posts up a lot. He, he, he handles the ball a lot. Everything kind of runs through him. Clear out, back and down, and then, you know, force defense to collapse on him to spray out the shooters. So that's what you're worried about a little bit uh, if you're Indiana. Defensively, Wyoming, pretty much standard man-to-man. They don't really do anything that's uh, groundbreaking or earth-shattering on defense. So Indiana is is, is going to have to hit shots. Uh, Wyoming's used to seeing pick and roll. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that they would be ready for that. One of the things you got to look at and that's maybe going to be concerning on this game, really, if you're on either side, is how this game is going to be officiated. Yes. Because you get a lot of post-ups from Graham E.K. for Wyoming and also Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson for Indiana, we now live in the era, Dave, and I'm sure you saw it watching the conference tournaments last week and really all regular season. We live in the block charge oh era where the charge gets called like 90% of the time. Any contact. We're going yeah. the other way. Yeah, We're because just... the officials love the... <laughs> They don't like to do the blocking foul call. But no, they do love the charge call. Yes. And, and, but you're right. That is a big deal in the NCAA tournament now because as much as we might kid about it, that's going to determine the game flow. And certainly if you get two fouls, we talked about with Kentucky and Oscar Deshibwe, mm-hmm. how he had to sit in their loss to Tennessee in the SEC uh, semifinals there where all of a sudden you get two early fouls on a big man. That could happen tonight with Indiana. Yeah. And all of a sudden you might have to sit one of these guys. Yeah, and, and we see, and, and especially for Indiana, and not just the exclusively for them. A lot of coaches kind of do this and it drives me nuts. Immediately when a guy gets two fouls, it's like, oh, we got to sit, sit him. him. I'm like, we're in a one and done situation now where this is not like a round robin where you can come back in through a loser's right. bracket. You lose, you are out. So I don't like that immediately resting a guy with two fouls or immediately taking him out and then not having him for the rest of the half because then all of a sudden you find yourself down six or seven at halftime and having to come back. But I think this number is going to stay about the same. You're seeing a couple four and a halves now down to four at some places. I think there's enough people on Wyoming that this is not necessarily one-way traffic, but I do like Indiana here. I don't think Wyoming's going to have anybody to stay in front of Xavier Johnson. And I think you've got a Xavier Johnson, the Pittsburgh transfer, who's playing with some confidence, who's shooting the ball well, has almost a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio basically over like the last eight games. So he's a guy that I think is really making this go, even though this is still Trace Jackson Davis's team. Xavier Johnson and getting good guard play, which Indiana has just struggled to get over the recent years and uh, still even struggles on this team. But I think Wyoming, one of the things you look at with Graham Ike, he doesn't play a Trace Jackson Davis type of player in the Mountain West Conference. As good as the Mountain West has been, and this has been a banner year this year for at-large teams, uh, they messed up the seeding on a couple of the teams, but, (laughs) but that's a subject for another time. 
I just I think Wyoming maybe could get out athleted, and I don't even really look at this Indiana team as particularly athletic. They're not going to just go out and out athlete you, but I think Wyoming is going to see a tangible difference tonight. Very quickly here, and you know that narrative street sometimes it doesn't and should not really affect the handicapping of a game, but the general public is going to say. Is Indiana a little bit upset that they're playing in the first four in in Dayton? Is Wyoming the motivated uh, school from the smaller conference, wants to prove to the Big Ten that they need all of those narrative street conversations, mm-hmm. Wes? Does that factor in for you at all when you handicap this you, game? You know, not really. And, and I do know for a fact uh, some little birdies around Bloomington, Indiana, told me that Mike Woodson wanted to be in, quote, unquote, the main tournament. He did not want to be in Dayton. So there was a little bit of, like, they felt like they were disrespectful respected a little bit, but he's absolutely playing that with his team sure. here. So, uh, look, I look at it as, as obviously an alum. I'm removing myself as a better here. I think this is an opportunity for your program. You're going to be the only game on TV because the first of the first four games, which we'll get to on the other mm-hmm. side, that game's going to be over. So you are the only NCAA tournament game going on at that moment. This is the way to say, okay, yeah, you remember Indiana, one of the all-time great programs, five national championships. We well, well, they're on their way back. You know, they're not where they—they're not where they should be, but they're not where they used to be. The old adage: "Thank God we're not where we used to be." So this is a chance to say, "Hey, Indiana, we're getting back to playing good basketball." And what way to prove it? And to get an NCAA tournament win here, and then move on. And if they were to do that, they'll face the number five seed, St. Mary's. And again, we've talked about it a lot leading up to Selection Sunday that you can look at a lot of the first four in teams: my alma mater, VCU, the team that I root for, Syracuse. Grew up in Syracuse, New York. Both those schools as 11s went all the way to the Final Four. Last year, UCLA, with a great comeback against Michigan State, they rode that all the way to a Final Four. Every year but one has the one of these first four teams not won an official like first round game every year but one. So if you think Indiana or Wyoming and same thing with Rutgers and Notre Dame, pencil them in to win their next there game too and, and maybe can even go beyond. UCLA certainly did it last year. All right, when we come back, we will talk about the other game that's going to tip off tonight in the NCAA tournament, a battle of 16 seeds and also take a look at the West region in more specifics, see if we can find some valuable numbers for you out there. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on these and these sports betting networks. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the NCAA tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray, and Wes Reynolds. They've got insights on every key team, conference, and players to watch from the favorites the potential Cinderella's sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash 
Madness back alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And we're mentioned about Indiana and Wyoming, the battle of 12 seeds tonight to tip off the NCAA tournament. That's actually the second game because the first game on the docket tonight is the battle of 16 seeds, Texas A&M Corpus Christi against number 16, Texas Southern. Uh, Texas Southern opened about three and a half point favorites. Uh, 136 was the total on this one. And again, it's hard to gauge with 16 seeds out there west. We don't expect them to do very much. Uh, whoever wins this game going forward, right now Texas Southern still three and a half point favorites there, and that total really hasn't moved a whole lot. What do you make of this matchup of 16s? And is either one of these teams potentially well, going to push a number one? I don't think either are going to push a number one, but you look, and I'll start with Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Whenever we get like these Coach of the Year awards, it always goes to like a high major type of coach because look. It's very hard to follow 358 Division I college basketball teams, but I don't know if there's a coach that really has done a better job. I'm not saying he should or he will win Coach of the Year, and he likely won't, but Steve Lutz uh, came into Corpus Christi. That team won two games against Division I opponents last year. They won five games overall. Three of their wins were against either Division II or NAIA schools, so this was a team that he basically flipped the roster. He had a couple holdovers, brought in about like three guys from junior colleges that are all starters and Steve Lutz is in his first year here at Corpus Christi as a head coach by the way if you're familiar with Steve Lutz especially if you're a Big Ten basketball fan you should be he was the essentially the defensive coordinator if you will for Matt Painter up at Purdue for several years and if you've watched Purdue and we've talked about their defensive issues they miss him they absolutely (laughs) miss him and now he's coaching Texas A&M Corpus Christi what they do is they bring you uh, pressure in the half court they get in your kitchen they deny the wings a lot so they can turn you over and I think uh, they're like top 20 in the country in terms of forcing turnovers and you know when they get turnovers they'll go ahead and try to run to the other end and get uh, quick easy baskets Uh, offensively kind of the same stuff that Matt Painter runs Steve Lutz pretty much got the playbook from Matt Painter Mm -hmm. so a lot lot of stagger screens basically with uh, Corpus Christi but they are playing a team in Texas Southern that has more experience and I would lean Texas Southern. I don't know if I'm going to lay the points. I have not bet this game yet in full disclosure, but I would certainly lean Texas Southern because they've like, they've been in this scenario. It seems like they're always a 16 seed. I mean, you go back to when Mike Davis was coaching mm-hmm. there. Now it's Johnny Jones. who used to be at the head man at LSU and also at North Texas. And what Texas Southern have, they have a lot of people from transfers uh, transfer portal like uh, they've been they don't really recruit a ton out of the high schools they have a couple people they recruit but by and large you're changing and there's a lot of turnover with this roster every single year Texas Southern plays about 10 guys so you really don't have you know a starting rotation necessarily because it flips all of the time this is the team that likes to get to the rim they're not a very good shooting team necessarily from the three and you kind of find that in the swack which is usually one of the bottom ranked conferences in the country and and you find that those teams aren't really good shooting teams they're guys that get get it off the dribble go off the bounce and go to the rim Texas Southern actually does have a really good win if you remember they went and just killed Florida they were 0 and 7 Texas Southern is always one of those teams by the way 
that, you know, they play a lot of the quote-unquote buy games. They play a lot of guarantee games, which means they're going on the road all the time. They don't hardly have any home games because they get a bunch of money to go in and play somebody, and that helps their athletic department. So you'll see this team, <laughs> like, play at Gonzaga on a right. Wednesday night and then on Thursday night play at Oregon. Like, they'll play some even back-to-back guarantee games against big-name opponents, but – uh, Texas Southern, you know, I mentioned with the transfers, uh, Gresham, who was on the Houston team mm-hmm. last year, really good rebounder. They're very good at the rim. They don't give you a lot. So I, I, I don't know really what Corpus Christi is going to be able to do unless they can just live off the turnovers, which they've been doing very well this year. And Texas Southern can be a little bit loose with the basketball, but I don't think Texas A&M Corpus Christi really has the resistance at the rim to stop Texas Southern when they go ahead and get on that ball screen and, and drive to the rim and get fouled. So a lot of these team, a lot of these players for Texas Southern, by the way, played in this game last year. They were in a first four game in Dayton. So just that experience alone and the fact that I think that they have more talent than Corpus Christi, I would certainly lean with uh, Texas Southern in the spot. Very quickly, do you like this, though? I always feel like, boy, the 16s, they, they work hard, they, they win their conference tournament, they get to the big dance, and they one of these teams doesn't even get to play in the big dance, the bigger dance that starts on a Thursday or a Friday. I don't like it. Yeah. To answer your question, I don't like it. I think if you did what you had to do, which Agreed. is to win your conference tournament, then you should be in. I don't like this, and, and I don't want to be a hypocrite here, because if we didn't have 68 teams my Indiana Hoosiers might be playing in the NIT tonight or tomorrow <laughs> instead of in the NCAA tournament because they were one of the last at-large teams. But these would have made it in 64. Uh, yeah, because they, they get the automatic bid. Right. These are both automatic bid teams that won their conference tournaments because uh, they don't go by the regular season, even though the selection committee didn't seem to value conference tournaments at in the all. seating. So uh, so that brings what you know all the, the old get-off-my-lawn guys like me would say and like Coach Knight would say is like these are all about money, like the regular season should make matter when you go through 16 18 or 20 games that determines your champion more than you know if you get a lucky three or four days at some neutral site but nevertheless conference tournaments are here to say i'm with you though Wes. i i think if you win if you get an automatic bid you should play on a thursday and a friday guaranteed and you should keep the date yeah. for for the team for the at large well one thing i will say if you're going to do this play-in thing or quote-unquote play-in i know they don't like that term but essentially what, what it is. is you know if you're going to do that, and I think that they're going to do that. They're never going to subtract no. teams from the field. They're just going to add. We're not going back to don't. 48. No, they're and they're <laughs> not going back to 64 either. So if you're going to do that, you know, make the at-large teams play their there way. In. Don't go. let the team that actually achieved something and won a conference championship and got to hold a trophy up and say, hey, you know, we're the conference champions of the SWAC or the Southland in these two teams' cases. So, yeah, I don't like it that they seemingly have to play an extra game to get in the, quote, the main draw. Totally agree with that. Again, if we were commissioners in both the NFL and or college basketball, we could solve all the world's problems. Let's get to the West region very quickly here. We talked a little bit about it off the top of the show. I find it to be the most intriguing because the committee did put Duke in as the two here. You mentioned the S kind of snake that says that Gonzaga is the number one overall seed and Duke would be the the lowest of the two seeds to be in this. And then somebody got at me on Twitter and I said, hey, good for the committee. They're not giving an easy pathway to Duke. They're like, oh, you're disregarding Texas Tech. And I'm saying, no, the direct opposite. Right. This this West region is actually better. It's more Mm -hmm. difficult than I thought it would be. Arkansas, have you watched them play and the guard play they have there? UConn's physical. 
Alabama's got talent. We know that. Speaking of talent, Memphis, yeah. they might have the most talent of arguably anybody out there. They got yeah. pros everywhere. I mean, I look at this and you got Sparty in there at 33 to 1. I mean, to me, the West. West, in my estimation, might be the best one out of the four brackets. Yeah, I thought it was either them or the East, but you look at it, they didn't really Duke and Zach a no. lot of favors here because Duke is obviously, you know, I know that they're struggling coming into the tournament, but this is a team they with a lot talent. of talent. This is also a team that's already beaten Gonzaga this year mm-hmm. right out here in Las Vegas. A great game at the T-Mobile Arena. Duke won by three. Gonzaga could get a rematch perhaps with Texas Tech. Now, they did beat Texas Tech on a neutral side. I think it was out in Phoenix. Phoenix, Gonzaga won 69-55. Arkansas, super athletic. UConn, super physical. Alabama. Man. That's a, so all the teams that beat Gonzaga are actually in this region. Gonzaga lost three games. They were 26-3. and three. They lost to Duke. They lost to Alabama. Actually, the third team was St. Mary's. I, I, I forget that. So St. Mary's still, not in the region. We're but giving two teams that beat you. Yeah. And you're looking potentially at Memphis, who is a dangerous Ooh. team as an eight seed. I said Memphis could be out in the first round or they can go to the Elite Eight. They certainly are not going to get out athleted by Gonzaga or any of these top seeds. So. You know, it's almost like because Gonzaga is rated so high by the metrics guys, whether it's the Ken Palm or Haslam metrics or Bartorvik or shot quality or whoever, that we're almost just like putting them through. And and it's tough to really fade them, but this is a team, and I know Mitch Moss was making that point on Follow the Money, that they could go out. And, and there's so many pitfalls in this region for this team. I still put them through in my bracket, but I didn't just immediately go boo, 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 boo. You know, no. like when we're filling out brackets for Bulls. You start at the top, and Gonzaga is the first team on the left side in the upper left of your bracket. We go Gonzaga, 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 Gonzaga. I didn't necessarily do that. I actually had to kind of think, okay, it could get knocked off here. I eventually put them through, but if you want to zig when everybody's zagging in a bracket pool, Go ahead and pick one of these other teams over the Zags. Again, I just look at it, and you look at the odds to come out of the West, and again, I thought it'd be a much easier pathway for Gonzaga. I see it the same way you do. There are a lot of potential pitfalls out there. And again, not necessarily saying that opens up the door for Duke, but there's some lower-seeded teams in this in this uh, bracket that could do some real damage, and I start looking at Arkansas first and foremost. When we come back, Will Hill's going to join us, and he's got a take on your alma mater tonight as well as we tip off March Madness for real. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Sportsbooks is offering college basketball fans a chance at winning big. I mean, really, really big. BetMGM's $10 million bracket challenge is free to play and fun to dream about. Pick a perfect college basketball tournament bracket, and you're going to be the legend that takes home $10 million. Fall a little bit short. Well, the player with the most correct picks wins a guaranteed top prize of $100,000. So anything can happen during BetMGM's March matchups, and that includes you going on a miraculous run of perfect picks. What are you waiting for? All you got to do is, well, go to BetMGM.com bracket and make your free picks in the $10 million bracket challenge. And don't forget, there's a guaranteed top prize of $100,000. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on Visa. Wes, how close... Have you ever been to a perfect bracket? Uh, I believe actually my best bracket, the only time that I actually won a bracket pool outright was 1994 when Arkansas, Scotty Thurman hit the big shot. And I, I hit 54 out of 63 games. Whoa. So that was the best I ever did because you look, I, and that was more. I was chalky at that bracket. final four in North Carolina when, when when they beat Duke. Yeah, I was yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was Arkansas. Nolan Richardson, forty minutes of hell when they had Corliss Williamson mm-hmm. and Scotty Thurman and all yeah. those guys and uh, beat the Dukies. Scotty Thurman probably should have went pro after that year off that moment, and then he went <laughs> came back for another year, and it ended up costing him a bunch of money. I won the bracket in two thousand and three. That's when Syracuse won the national championship because I pick Syracuse just about every year. <laughs> Let's bring in Will Hill. He is, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill, our recent contributor and does a great job of Point Spread Weekly. Will, great to have you back in the program. What's the closest you've ever been to a perfect bracket, sir? I think I got three out of four in, uh, of the final four in 2005, but somebody beat me on a tiebreaker. These things are hard to win. Uh, but Arkansas, it reminds me uh, of the great Nolan Richardson quote. He was a tough guy. He was intense. He said, if you ever see me fighting a bear, you better pray for that damn bear. So <laughs> Nolan, Nolan Richardson was an intense guy. I kind of miss him. 40 minutes of hell. Absolutely loved it. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about some of the games as the NCAA tournament does tip off tonight. We were kind of breaking down, Will, the uh, Indiana Wyoming matchup here because I think Wes, even though he bleeds red there with Indiana, does a pretty good job of being objective when he looks at the matchup. What do you see tonight when you see Wyoming? Because again, as as Wes said, they kind of do resemble the way Indiana likes to play. Yeah, I lean Wyoming here. I'm surprised Indiana's taking uh, the money here up to four and a half. I would certainly lean towards Wyoming at that number. I like the under. I, I think we know Indiana's MO, really good defensive team, struggles to shoot the ball, struggles to make threes. Wyoming, I'm happy they got in. I, we were talking a couple hours um, before the tournament selection. I kind of thought Wyoming would get uh, left out. I'm surprised they got in. I'm surprised Indiana was on this uh, playing line. Me too. But anyway, yeah, I, I just think, you know, Wyoming plays through the post. Ike and Maldonado are really good players. 
but they're more mid-range guys. Both of them shoot, you know, 20%, 25% from three. So to me, you know, the stakes of the game, an unfamiliar venue, unfamiliar sight line, all those things kind of add up to a low scoring game. So uh, my pick on this game would be the under 132 and a half. And, and we'll kind of hit on it. These two teams, I, I don't want to say mirror images, but very close in mm-hmm. terms of the post-up rate. Wyoming, number one in the country, Indiana, top 10. How this game is going to be officiated, I think, is going to play. And you could say that, I guess, about every game. But how this game is officiated is really going to play in here to see if E.K. gets in foul trouble for Wyoming. If he does, Wyoming's going to be done in this game. And Trace Jackson Davis is going to eat. But maybe it's Trace Jackson Davis right. that gets into foul trouble. And then Mike Woodson, of course, sits in with two fouls the rest of the first <laughs> half. And all of a sudden, the other team goes on a run. But I digress. But uh, I don't disagree with Will necessarily on the under. I'm on the IU money line. Uh, Will, let's get to a, another matchup here. It is an 8-9 matchup. And Dave and I were talking about this Boise State team mm-hmm. before we came on air here. Boise State really should be flip-flopped with Colorado State. Boise State wins the Mountain West tournament and also gets a share of the regular season championship. They're the number one seed in the conference tournament. And they're the eighth seed. Meanwhile, Colorado State is the sixth seed. But nevertheless, Boise State is getting Memphis here. This is a very dangerous Memphis team coming into the tournament. Yeah, I didn't think there was anything egregious with the selection committee in terms of who was left in, or, you know, who was left out, who was put in. But some of the seedings were very strange. Yes. Memphis is a nine. Houston was a five. I mean, they didn't show the AAC any respect at all. Uh, I've watched a lot of Mountain West basketball. There's nobody like Memphis in the Mountain West. They are just so fast, uh, so athletic. To me, this is like, uh, you know, a team that's used to seeing 89 mile an hour fastballs. Now you're going to see somebody who throws 98, 99. Memphis can really uh, make you look bad just in terms of the foot speed the athleticism to me, this is a different gear for Boise state. Uh, I certainly lead towards Memphis here on the money line, not afraid to lay the two and a half. Uh, I do think Memphis will be marching on to take on Gonzaga, which should be an interesting game. I would be excited to watch that one. I do think Memphis wins this game though. I do. I, I like Memphis as well. My only, con- my only concern really is, is that they see Gonzaga and you got a bunch of pros uh, waiting to be here for Memphis. Do they look past Boise state? I hope Penny Hardaway has them focused on this game. Cause if so, I'm with will. I, I actually, think this could be blowout city if they're prepared to play the game. Let's talk about Kentucky against St. Peter's because again you look at Kentucky and I think that would be the natural inclination here is do they look ahead and start looking deeper into the draw or rather can they stay focused in the moment here? They're going to lay a big number against St. Peter's. What do you make of the Wildcats here? I believe it's about 18 right now is what we're seeing, Will. Yeah, I'm going to lay Kentucky here. I don't know if I'm going to lay it for the full game or just the first half. Maybe I'll split my bet. Uh, you look at St. Peter's, actually a really good defensive team. Some of their defensive efficiency numbers are really impressive for 15 seed. However, they are 260 something in terms of offensive efficiency. Kentucky, Kentucky's number four. And I think uh, that's going to lead to a lot of misses by St. Peter's. And those misses are going to lead to transition points for Kentucky. And that's a dangerous road to go down. If you're just missing and Kentucky's, you know, getting, getting out in transition, playing a full court game that this thing could be, you know, 24 to six, 24 to eight, before you kind of blink just again, this is a different speed for St. Peter's. This is not Fairfield or Quinnipiac in the Mac, this is <laughs> Kentucky, a different level of athlete. Uh, I could see Kentucky pulling away and winning this one pretty big. Well, what do you think about the total here? Because I do like the under. I haven't bet it yet. I still think 132 is a fair number. But this is kind of a weird game for Kentucky because, to your point, St. Peter's runs a lot of this Princeton-style offense. Shaheen Holloway, the former Seton Hall player, now the St. Peter's coach. They run a lot of Princeton motion. Kentucky's going to be able to shut that down. But – 
I don't know how much Kentucky is going to score on St. Peter's with, with this pace and the fact that they hedge, you know, ball screens. They do a lot of switching. So Kentucky's guards, Washington and Wheeler, are going to have to really work, though, against this team. Yeah, you hit on something. Maybe the under is the better play. Maybe just the St. Peter's team total is the better play because, like you said, you know they take time off the clock. They run a lot of motion, uh, the Princeton offense. And, uh, again, they're just going to have a hard time. They're not a good offense to begin with. Going against the athletes of Kentucky, it would hard to see St. Peter's cracking, you know, 40-something. I could see them being in the low 40s here. Uh, so maybe you're right. Maybe just the under. Maybe you really isolate your play here. Maybe really isolate your handicap and take the St. Peter's team total under. You know, Will, when I look at the brackets, the West is the most intriguing bracket to me because I did not see that Duke and Gonzaga would be put in same uh, set bracket here. But then you look at Davidson against Michigan State. These are two sleeper teams potentially. We know how good Bob McKilf is here uh, just at coaching and when it's March and it's Izzo and the narrative street there for Michigan State. Something's got to give with these two head coaches. What do you make of this matchup? Almost to pick them right now. I'm seeing Davidson, I believe, getting a point here. I like Davidson to win. I think Davidson, if they do win, which I expect them to, could give Duke a lot of trouble. Uh, it's all about keeping Michigan State out of the out of transition, make it a half-court game, uh, make it a game of who executes better in the half-court. And to me, that's Davidson. Now, I'm a forgiving person. I had Davidson on Sunday. They're up six with a minute change left. They drop a rebound. They miss a one-and-one. One. I mean, this is a team that's really good in terms of execution, just completely falling on their face and not just not only not covering, but uh, lose the game outright. That was a brutal one for Davidson. In, but uh, I do think they're just a better team here than Michigan State. Uh, you know, more fine-tuned in, in terms of the offense. Very skilled. Not a typical Izzo team. I know he's had a history of making some runs here in March. But to me, Davidson's the better team here. I like Davidson. This is one I played two guys, and I took the two with Davidson on the opener. This is the Foster Lawyer Bowl. Remember, Foster Lawyer was the uh, former point guard for Michigan State. He is now running the show for Davidson. 16.6 points per game. And uh, if you look at Michigan's State and we'll kind of hit on it. This is a team that turns the ball over a lot. And if you could put some a little bit of pressure on them, they will give you the ball away. Michigan State's kind of a high variance team in terms of three points. So I think Davidson, Bob McKillop runs a motion offense, mm -hmm. one of the best in the business, and he can run sets to get these guys open shots. And I think they knock him down. I think Davidson obviously outright over Michigan State. Wow. That means you guys are saying that two years in a row. Izzo goes out in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, I, I kind of like Davidson as well. So let's see if they can get it done and bounce Izzo for a second straight year. Uh, Will, very quickly, who do you have coming, cutting down the nets? I pick Kentucky over Arizona, very tentatively, but Kentucky over Arizona. Oh, I absolutely love that play as well. All right, Will, uh, King of New York, there he is. you got to check him out on the New York City cast. Does a great job there. And, again, follow him on Twitter at NotTheWill. Hill. When we come back, top of the hour, we got some NFL news and uh, not so good news for my Dallas Cowboys. We'll explain when you come back with us. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. 